Each floor of the music annex at the IU Jacobs School of Music look and sound exactly the same. Curved hallways display upcoming performance flyers on every bulletin board, with row after row of practice rooms reverberating a mashup of greatest hits from pianists, string players, and opera singers. But down one of these hallways on the top floor, you'll see a door that looks out of place. It has a sign on it that reads, String Instrument Laboratory, and stairs leading up to what looks like a wood shop. There's sawdust sprinkled over the ground, and dozens of violins hanging over workbenches, where students are working meticulously on pieces of spruce or maple. They've been making the trip up to this room for the past four decades to learn the art of making and repairing stringed instruments from this man. And here, you can kind of get a good idea where the stopping point is by just going in and, and scraping with the, with the Dremel tool and seeing okay. where those two points intersect. Mm -hmm. And then you know when you're coming around where you need to stop. My name is Tom Sparks. I'm the professor of string instrument technology, Jacob School of Music, Indiana University, Bloomington campus. I've worked up here for uh, 40 years and uh, adjusted instruments and repaired instruments and taught students. I was a, uh, a player. At one period of time, I won gold medals in fiddle playing. So I was the senior Irish fiddle champion back in the uh, 70s and, and 80s. And I did that as a profession. Violin repair is expensive, and so is purchasing violins. So I've always repaired my own instrument or made my own instruments because I couldn't afford for someone else to do it for me. And fortunately had people uh, teach me when I was very young how to do that. Jacobs is one of the few schools in the United States that offers an associate's degree in stringed instrument technology, but it's not a popular program. In fact, there's only one student currently on this degree track, but the shop is still filled with students who are currently enrolled in Tom's violin repair courses, which are open for anyone to fulfill elective requirements. Tom refers to the shop as a one-room schoolhouse because it includes students of all ages, ranging from never having cut wood to having made several instruments like students Jackson Maberry and Jim Biggs. I already sort of had an idea about how to make a violin and had, had begun a violin before I came here, but uh, Tom has really taught me, more than anything else, how to see uh, in a way that enables uh, a much more uh, refined approach to violin making. If you don't have the opportunity to see good violins, you can't make a good violin. Besides whatever teaching you can get from Tom, we have an opportunity to see good instruments. Many of the students at the school have really fine instruments, so you get to see them and you, get, you, you feel them. You get an idea how light they should be because you can actually pick up a violin and if, it's, if it feels heavy to you, it'll, you already know it won't be any good. Making a violin is more of an art form than it is craftsmanship. Sometimes it can take people several years to complete one violin. That include countless steps and every centimeter of work can drastically affect the sound of the instrument. And as Tom suggests, there's no such thing as an ugly violin that sounds good. The earliest known violin to date is uh, 1564, and it still goes very well in a Ferrari made yesterday. It's very fashionable in that car. So that's what is classic art form. So something that has spanned through the decades 
with no problem of fitting in anywhere. So the violin fits in well in a horse and buggy. It fits in very well in a Ferrari. It actually fits in extremely well in the space shuttle. So I can see the violin and the space shuttle kind of sitting next together in their perfect little golden section way. Violin will continue on into the future, still being Vogue, very fashionable. I think if any model could use it on any runway and it would be right in their, in their fashion. It would go with any fashion that they were wearing. One of my favorite moments was... That's cellist Gabriel Jimbo Viteri. When he grabs someone else's instrument that comes here for an adjustment, and this person might be like new to it, to getting an adjustment. Yeah, I just would like to have an adjustment real quick. I'm playing in class tonight, so... then Tom will just take the violin, just do his magic. What's going on is we've moved an octave out there too. And then the person that gets the, their instruments adjusted are like, wow. Because he will just tap the instrument. And the first time I, I came to that, I was blown away. Yeah. yeah. Much improved? Yeah. Always, always is. Tom will be retiring this spring semester after a combined four decades of either being a student or heading the string instrument technology program. After that, he plans to sail around the world with his wife. But when Tom leaves, he might be leaving behind something pretty special. The skill set he possesses is not all that common anymore. Tom says that even before the program started, students had to drive to Chicago to get their violins fixed, and that since 1810, the state of Indiana has only had 250 makers of stringed instruments, or luthiers. The future of this program is up in the air, yeah. I, the, the program itself uh, over the years has been uh, very successful. 95% of the graduating students have left here with jobs. It's going to be odd not doing the same thing that you've been doing for both as a student and as a faculty member for uh, my entire life since I was 14. So this will be my first year off coming up. You can ask pretty much any string player, or, you know, graduated string player. It's been really instrumental. Again, Jackson Maberry. It offers a lot of peace of mind to students who play essentially the world's most fragile, expensive, and temperamental instruments. We're very much hoping that the administration will, you know, find uh, a replacement for Tom. You know, not going to be easy uh, to, to fill those shoes. You know, someone who's, you know, an experienced maker and educator of making, as well as, you know, a really sort of tireless champion for the string players at the school. I've enjoyed my work, and my work isn't like having a real job. So I think that that's when you wake up in the morning and you want to do what you do for a living, I think that that's, that's what I do. Yeah, my father used to tell me I should get a job. <laughs> Reporting from the String Instrument Laboratory, 
For WFIU Arts, I'm Rick Brewer.